Bishop Alvaro del Portillo, which took place on September 27th, 2014 in Madrid, already six years ago. The anniversary of a beatification does not really indicate anything profoundly transcendental. It's really just a good souvenir Probably a number of you were there on that day with all those people lined up on that, in that area in Madrid with thousands of seats and, and tents and hundreds and hundreds of priests and the beautiful image of Don Alvaro smiling at us and uh, the, the Cardinal presiding over that celebration. It was really a happy moment, a joyous time, but really much more transcendental is his Dies Natalis, that is March 23rd, really 1994, which is the day he died, but is also the day he was born into heaven. He did not enter into heaven on September 27th, 2014. That was not the day he entered into heaven. I heard of a, a story of a, a saint, I think it was St. Robert Bertolarmino, who for many years, they would celebrate his feast on the day of his canonization. And then in the revised calendar, they decided, well, let's put it on the Dies Natalis on the day he died. And there was a big uh, opposition because people thought, well, no, that was, the, that was a great day, the day of the canonization. Yeah, but he didn't enter into heaven on that day. That's not... What is that? That's just a decree of the church to decide or to recognize that he had already gone into heaven. It's not as though the church says, okay, he's gone into heaven, and bang, he goes, he shows into heaven, or is recognized by the saints in glory. Pope Francis has actually beatified more saints than John Paul II because Pope Francis has has beatified many, many martyrs, and the martyrs from the Civil War. I think he's beatified, I mean, hundreds of these martyrs that were all uh, martyred in 1936. John Paul II also beatified many of them, but uh, not as many as, as now Pope Francis. But on that day, or on, during that year, Pope Francis wrote to Don Javier, saying that it was a day of special joy for all the faithful of the prelature. And he said, for also for you, who were a long-time witness of his love for God and of others. His fidelity, 
to the church and to his vocation. Very often when we think about fidelity, fidelity to our vocation, fidelity to God, almost without realizing we are in some way inspired by the fidelity of Don Alvaro. His fidelity to our father, how he was uncompromising, and that somehow has entered our vocabulary when we think of fidelity, when we think of fidelity. And, and so the Pope uh, says that the beatification will be in Madrid on September 27th, 2014. We, were, we knew it was going to happen. We didn't know the date. And, and then he says, I like to recall the aspiration that the servant of God would often repeat especially for personal celebrations and anniversaries. Thank you, forgive me, help me more. Thank you, forgive me, help me more. These words bring us to the reality of his interior life and his relationship with the Lord. It can also help to give a new impulse to our own Christian life. This is what the Pope Francis suggested that we receive a new impulse from thank you, forgive me, help me more. And it's kind of like become a ma mantra of almost what Pope Francis expects of us. And really Pope Francis loved this dimension of, in particular, of gratitude. Thank you, it starts with thank you of never, never feeling oneself a victim, never feeling that we have suffered so much and, uh, or gone without or been abandoned. Because we are in a society right now that seems to be very, very sensitive to any suffering, any pain, any setbacks, all these microaggressions we hear about and uh, trigger warnings on campus. You can't use this word or that word teachers have to walk gingerly around whatever they might say lest someone in their fragility feel harmed or hurt by a word you have to use a word you can't even use a word to decry it because then it will be seen as coming back into the vocabulary can't even use a word to decry it to to say it's bad to say this word no, because somehow you're maintaining the life of that word somehow. That's very sensitive. So we instead must lean into a true attitude of gratitude. We have to accept also the setbacks that happen, the, the difficulties, the, maybe the pain, the physical pain we might in, have to endure, the tiredness, the little frustrations that happen in anybody's work. Programmers say when they're coding, they do something and you know, computers, they say, are just uncompromising. If it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and it's not going to work. <laughs> and no matter what they do, they try it again and again. No, it's not going to work. You, didn't, you did it wrong. You just got to try another solution. Sometimes you can reboot the computer, I suppose, but the often it still doesn't work. So they have to think, they have to stop. What am I doing wrong here? What formula am I using that is 
that is not acceptable to this crazy computer. They have to use extreme logic, they have to use mathematical formulas, and get over the problem, but they cannot get frustrated. So for us, one way to embrace these difficulties or differences perhaps we may have with others is through a spirit of gratitude, to embrace the gift. This is what Don Alvaro said, thank you, forgive me, help me more. And this is what Pope Francis said on that occasion in that letter that he wrote to Don Alvaro, to rather Don Javier. In the first place, thank you. This is the soul's immediate, spontaneous reaction on experiencing God's goodness. It cannot be otherwise. He always goes ahead of us. However hard we try, his love always arrives first, touches and caresses us first. He takes the initiative and is always waiting for us. Alvaro del Portillo was aware of the many gifts God had given him and thanked God for that manifestation of his fatherly love. But he did not stop at that. His recognition of our Lord's love awakened in his heart desires to follow him with greater commitment and generosity and to lead a life of humble service to others. He had a great, this is interesting, he had a great awareness that he had received a lot. He was aware of that. And certainly every morning when we pray, when you think about one of the first things we ought to be doing as we face this new day, it's a warm day today, and one of the first things we ought to do is in somewhere there make an act of thanksgiving, I would say even before we offer the day. <clears throat> because offering the day supposes that we are recognized that we have received a day and that this day is the day that God has given us. It's the first thing. Begin the day by thanking God in a moment on your knees as soon as you become conscious. You leave dreamland, you leave the bed and you say, oh, it's a new day. It's September 27th. Wow. September 27th, 2020. Okay, that's the day today. Thank you, God. So you go from consciousness, awareness that reality exists, that you're not in a dream, to gratitude. And, uh, and then maybe you can move to a little bit more awareness. Maybe you can revisit the past 24 hours when you were maybe not the best version of yourself and uh, talk to God about these situations because ahead of you there's a day in which you want to be the best version of yourself. And one of the real treasures of this first moment of the day is just 
an increased awareness of who we are and what is happening around us and within us and that necessarily has to lead to thanksgiving and that awareness heightens our ability to experience life imagine some people just going through life kind of routinely just routine they're they just drive through, they, they're on the 401. Sometimes you see these time-lapse movies or movie videos of, of a highway and you just see cars going through very fast and it looks like, then they slow down a bit, then they go faster and slow down a bit because of the traffic. It's just like a routine and then some of them go off, them, uh, off the ramp. But if we had a heightened capacity for life, it awakens us or makes us leave this unconsciousness and enter into a more consciousness of where I am, what I'm doing, why I'm here, why I exist, what the purpose of my life is, what the very purpose of the work I'm going to do is. It's a kind of mindfulness. We center on who we are, what we're doing, what we're doing right now at this very moment, some people focus on their breathing. That helps them to be aware. You just focus on your, on your lungs in, out, in, out. And there we can immediately say, Gracias tibi Deus, gracias tibi. Thanks be to God. Thank you, God. And um, that Thanksgiving increases that awareness that God is indeed showing up in our lives and that today he's going to work in some way, in some situation in our life that we face today. Well, we could ask in the next hours until, let's say, 9.30 or 10 o'clock tonight. So you've got a number of hours ahead of you tonight. You'll be working. You'll be maybe doing some sports, maybe some get-togethers, you'll be doing some reading, you'll be doing some prayer, norms, maybe you'll watch something, you'll no doubt look at your phone at one point. But what percentage of all those activities that you will do today are you actually conscious of, that I am doing this? What percentage of those daily activities are you truly present to? It might be quite surprising if you had some kind of consciousness meter as you went throughout the day, how many of those activities that you go through that you're actually quite unconscious. In fact, you might even be quite unconscious right now. You might be just like, what did, what, what did he say, just say? What, did you, what, what, what? what was that? Something about some breathing or something like that? <laughs> People drive to work. They take the many turns. They wait at the red light. They turn. They wait for the pedestrians. Are we conscious of every turn we take when we're driving? Or when we're walking to work? Maybe we've become very, con we've become very used to the 
the things we habitually do when you prepare meals, when you do the cleaning. I can imagine you now, perhaps on all fours, cleaning something on the floor. It needs to be clean, needs to be just passed through with a, with a cloth and you're cleaning. And you're used to that. It's maybe routine, we say. I saw a fellow come here the other day and he came to do some work. We had some, some repairs to be done and he was wearing these, uh, these pants that are like uh, soldier's pants, right? With camouflage and they, they look pretty cool. And then I noticed that uh, he had um, pads on his knees, like these plastic pads on his knees because he, was gonna, he knew he was going to kneel down quite a bit. And I said, well, that's, those are, you're ready to work? Uh, you're going to be kneeling? You're going to work? He said, oh, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm ready to work. But then I noticed that those pads were actually embedded in the actual pads. They're part of the pads. They're, they're pants with pads. <laughs> they're pants with pads. I didn't know that you could get those. And so he would come just for, to relax, and he had the pants with pads on. And he wasn't even working. He didn't, wasn't even kneeling, right? They're always there, part of his life. They're, they're always there. He's practically not conscious that he's wearing work pants. It's part of the routine. And we can do into this routine. We go to that norm of piety. You enter the oratory. Then you eat, you have a lunch. Some people do all these things. They even say, I love you, unconsciously, as they leave the house almost oblivious to what is really happening inside us and around us. So maybe if we develop this greater consciousness, especially at the beginning of the day, of the need to give thanks, we will be able to be challenged and liberated from living unconsciously, unaware, of the grandeur of God, the goodness of God, the beauty of God, just the very beauty around us. Isn't it sad of people who are so busy and they live in the city and they're not even conscious of the change of the leaves? They just say, oh, there's just leaves on the ground here. Oh, we have to rake the leaves. And it's... But then you look around and you see slight changes, ever so slight changes. Some areas it's much richer. And of course, when you go, into the countryside, it's beautiful, it's just beautiful. And you can take in the beauty. You can become conscious of the beauty of the leaves. I think it's, it is possible that people are becoming less and less aware of themselves. Many of the things they do, it's as though they were screaming, I am completely unaware of the way I speak and the way this affects others. I have no idea. Or I am completely unaware. They just go through the motions. People can be sitting next to each other in the subway, in some public place. They're all sitting next to each other in the vestibule somewhere and they're all looking at their phones and, and scrolling around and 
Are they doing anything important? Well, probably they're looking at Instagram and looking at somebody else who is completely unaware and unconscious of what they're doing. Our prayer of thanksgiving heightens our awareness and really leads us to experience life on a whole new level. On a whole new level. It awakens us to the miracles that are indeed happening within us and outside of us. Every day. Imagine these people that were around Jesus. He was realizing all these great miracles. It's been described as the people around him as concentric circles. There were far people around him that were that that were like maybe they heard about Jesus a little bit but were barely aware then some people were were a little bit closer and uh, they could probably hear him others were much closer they could see and hear and were conscious and then there were his close friends his apostles who were right up there who not only could hear and see but they felt involved they felt they had to defend him these concentric circles from very very close to Jesus to going further and further away and then some just kind of crane their necks. You know, there's something, something going on there. There's some, some people there, over there. What's going on? They don't even know it's Jesus. And, uh, and, and this can happen in our life, that, we're, that Jesus is just something that's going on over there. This Australian writer, Matthew Kelly, says that, he says that one thing I've discovered as I've become more and more conscious of what is happening within and around me, is that if a day doesn't get off to a good start, it very rarely finishes as a good day. If it doesn't start good, it doesn't finish as a good day. Once a day gets away from us, we tend to go into survival mode. And a day can get away from us in so many ways. In fact, a day will almost certainly go wrong unless we consciously take the time to focus it first thing each morning. Again, the, the morning offering is a, is a moment of thanksgiving. And think, if I don't do my thanksgiving well, if I don't give thanks, the day is going to get away from me. I'm going to get caught up in the spiral of worry, the spiral of pettiness with what somebody said to me or did to me, or the oversensitivity with this work or that work. Nobody likes starting the day on the wrong foot because we might indeed stumble and we consciously there we're almost as though we intuit that if we start today badly the rest of the day is going to go bad we have to be aware of those things that trigger bad moods there are more triggers to bad moods than bad moods themselves there are more triggers in fact there are many levels of bad mood like there there's maybe an angry aspect, there's the tired aspect of the bad mood, there's uh, 
the victim card side of the bad mood. So it's all lots of different levels and shades and colors. Uh, maybe the more stewing dimension, where we're stewing and just, oh, this happened to me, and we're grumbling and complaining. I don't want to do anything. I don't care. There's all kinds of nuances and the kinds of moods we can get into. But there's always something that you choose to be in. A mood is always something that you choose to be in. And that may be hard to accept. You're in a bad mood. You know what? You chose to be in that bad mood. I mean, something triggered it. That maybe you didn't choose. That's true. Uh, something provoked it. That's true. Okay, so somebody said somebody something to you, and I don't know, poured uh, poured cold water on your face. Okay, that's that's, that's not the nicest thing, uh, right? So we have to develop hacks, great hacks to to fine tune our daily habitual exercises in front of these triggers. Just like people, when whenever they get up, the first thing they do is they do hundred push-ups or a thousand jump, jumping jacks. And then their heart is going and they, they're ready for an amazing day. And with each jumping jack, they can give thanks to God. So if we develop these hacks, it helps for these bad triggers to even show up. They don't show up, which is the best way to avoid them in the first place. Because it is true once we've given into a, uh, a trigger, something that provokes a bad mood, it's kind of hard to snap out of it. So the, the three-pronged approach is give thanks for something. Give thanks for something. Second, think of somebody you should thank or you could thank. And one good thing to think about. So it's like the three-pronged approach to resiliency to bad moods during the day. Give thanks to something. Give thanks to somebody, some purpose, some human person. And think of, of uh, something you know you ought. I mean, ultimately for us, that, that is a moment of prayer. Just think right now, right now. What am I thankful for today, right now? Really, I mean, specifically, not generically, not, well, I'm thankful because the walls in this oratory are green. Uh, yeah, okay, it's maybe green is better than purple, okay. But uh, let's be specific. And uh, if you can't think of anything, just think, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I just took a breath. If you can take a breath, I mean, I presume you can. I hope so. But you'll find something. And not only something, you'll find many things. Because bad moods are always about what we don't have. Or what's going to happen to you. Or what you don't like. You're, you're centering on the, on the bad thing itself. That's what a bad mood is. But gratitude forces you out of that. It forces you to think. 
it's, it kind of starts the positive trajectory upwards and can halt all that negative force, that negative spiral in its tracks. And we ask our Blessed Mother now, help me to stop that negative spiral and be aware as soon as that trigger comes. And I do it by an act of thanksgiving. But we can't just be told. I can't just tell you, you, you ought to be thanks, thankful. You know, you hear this, parents say this to their children. You ought to be thankful, you know, because, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. But it's really something you've got to do yourself. We must do it personally. So we should thank God. We should thank our, our Lord Jesus Christ. We should thank the apostles. We should thank the Blessed Virgin Mary. We should thank Don Alvaro. Thank our Father, Saint Maria. And uh, just expressing it, just thanking in, the, in a new way, not just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, in a, in a routine way, but it's, it's expressing it properly, brings it up a notch. And, and you'll see, you'll, you'll feel much more, um, you know, well, you'll feel better, you'll feel, because you'll feel receiver rather than somebody who's in some way a victim. It'll help us with the attitude of just getting on with it. Stuff happens, well, get on with it, rather than just sulking or muddling through our day. So we ask Don Alvaro, whom we celebrate his beatification today, thank you, forgive me, help me more. So we can ask him to help us be souls of gratitude, forgive me for the days I was without gratitude, and help me more. So that, that's what characterizes my life, that I'm a soul of thanksgiving and gratitude all the time. Our Blessed Mother, too, will help us get on with Thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me. In this meditation, I ask you help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.